love yourself into self-mastery. Don't do it because you hate yourself. I find that it's way more sustainable when you're doing it out of love, when you're nourishing your body, nourishing your mind, your spirit, working on your purpose, when you're doing that from a place of love rather than hate or fear, it's it's brighter, your energy is more – you have more vitality and it's way more sustainable in a, in a really practical way. Hello and welcome to the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. I'm your host, Nick McGowan, and today on the show, I have Raman Hari. Raman, how are you doing today? I'm so good. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. We were talking a little bit before uh, we hit recording that um, I'm in the middle of snow right now. The people that listen to this show know that for a handful of years, I was in Florida. So this is my first time being in snow for a little while. And I was asking you, and you're like, oh, you're in Canada. I automatically assume you just must be covered in snow. And you're like, nope, <laughs> I'm on an island where we really don't get any snow, which seems a little odd, but uh, that's how at least we started things. So, hey, why don't you kick us off? Why don't you tell us what you do for a living? And what's one thing that most people don't know about you that's maybe a little odd or bizarre? My name is Raman. I work as an intuitive coach and I simply help people create a baseline of peace in their lives so that they can step into their purpose. And I've been doing this for a little while and really loving it. And I'm really passionate about just living our purpose, really. I Okay, this is a hard question. A bizarre thing about me that people don't know. So, okay, in 2020, when the world was on pause, I got very bored. Um, and the Gemini in me was like, I need to learn things. I need to do things. So I went online, bought some professional juggling balls, and I learned how to juggle. <laughs> so did you actually learn how to juggle or did you just like smack yourself in the head a bunch of times? I learned how to juggle. Okay, cool. So that's, yeah. your, that's your party trick now. Yeah, exactly. And so I actually, I'm, I'm a weirdo. So I would actually take these professional juggling balls to parties with my friends and be like, hey guys, look what I can do. <laughs> and I would just pull them out. Um, it was fun. Yeah. So have you moved from juggling balls to knives or fire swords yet? Or I not, haven't not gotten quite. to knives or fire yet, but I'm not, I'm not putting a limit on this. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to stop there. We'll see one day, maybe I'll come back on and I'll be juggling knives. I, I get why you need to look for different things. Um, especially when, like you said, the world was on pause. Um, my partner and I were joking recently how everybody was like, you know what? We're stuck in the house. So it looks like I'm just going to make bread because that's what you do. Apparently. Um, did, did you do that too? Did you start making bread too? Or you just skipped over that and you're like, screw it, I'm going to juggle. I skipped over the banana bread trend. Um, I went straight to juggling. I also started knitting. I knit myself a really nice little crop top. Sometimes I'll, I'll wear it and people ask, will ask where it's from. And um, that little ego voice in my head's like, yeah, bitch, I made that. Nice. <laughs> so it's good. It's good. Knitting, uh, juggling. Um, yeah, fun stuff. Fun stuff like that. No bread though. Yeah, I, I didn't do the bread thing either. Um, I find it funny that a lot of people did that. But it, it's interesting because if we really break down what happened there, people were like, fuck, well, what do I do? How do I do things now? Uh, what do I do with my family? What do I do with whatever? And for the most part, I think a lot of people were probably just trying to figure out something to do so that they could be occupied with something else other than like, well, 
what's happening with the world and what's happening with these other things. And I know I did a little bit of that, uh, especially when things first started. Uh, the company I was with at that point, I remember freaking out, being like, well, why aren't we doing things? What can we do differently? And I was just pouring a bunch of excess energy into it. When all reality, I had shit that I needed to work through and ultimately ended up getting a divorce over the course of a wow. year, year and a half after that. And there are a lot of stories of people that had gone through that sort of stuff. Now, I know this ties into what you do, and it also relates specifically to people's purpose. Now, I'm sure there's somebody who, you know, 2020 hit and they're like, my purpose is to be a baker. I'm going to make all the best bread in the entire world. And I really hope they're rocking and rolling with their business at this point. But for the most part, I feel like a lot of people just kind of bypassed a lot of stuff. They're like, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to kind of waste time in certain ways without actually doing some of the work. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I honestly, I still think that a lot of us haven't processed the yeah. fact that the world stopped and our lives stopped. I'm still processing, you know, the years that I feel like I lost when mm. I was in my mid 20s. Um, and so I think, I mean, a lot of us, some of us picked up juggling and baking bread. <laughs> Um, but I think for a lot of us, it was the first time we sat down and had to be with ourselves. And that is hard. That yeah. is really hard if you've been, you know, in the rat race or just kind of going and going and not realizing what's going on. And then, of course, in your relationships, it's like, wait a second, this is maybe the first time in my life where I've had a chance to step back from my work, which honestly work takes up a lot of our time. I don't think we realize that by the time we get home, we don't have that much time yeah. um, in our relationships. So this was, I think, the first time we actually reevaluated our relationships. And it's so easy to just work and get distracted with work and not realize that we might not be fulfilled in our relationships. Mm. Um, so I think that was a really big aha moment for a lot of people. I know a lot of people that went through breakups during uh, 2020. But yeah, I still think we're processing and and still learning. Yeah. It's still a little wild though. Like when you think about it, it wasn't that long ago, but it was also quite some time ago. Like there was a lot mm -hmm. of stuff that has happened since then where I see people with masks now and I wonder what's going on. You know, we I, I look at it a bit differently. Like before COVID, if I saw somebody with a mask, I'd be like, fuck, what's happening? What mm -hmm. do they know that I don't know? Um, but it's interesting how some people, like I see people driving in a car by themselves with a mask on. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's not actually doing anything for you. But why do you <laughs> feel the need to do that? And, you know, all the scare that goes along with that and the the thing that I'm getting to is that I feel like there's a lot of trauma that has come from that, but mm -hmm. it's also tied back to core traumas and things that had happened before. So in, in the line of work that you do and the people that you work with, have you had conversations about that where people are like, look, I was going through what I was going through in 2020, but it really just stems back to God, high school or childhood even. Yeah. I mean, I think, 2020 was an interesting time because it was, I think, the first time we went through a collective um, scare around our health. And mm. health is a huge thing. I think, I don't think we realize it until it's something we don't have, that it's really freaking scary yeah. to have any sort of health scare. And I think it's the first time a lot of people were starting to question, well, what are my beliefs around my health? Hmm. 
what are my beliefs around, you know, how can I show up in the world from a place of love rather than fear around my health? How can I actually support my immune system right now rather than completely freak out and actually, you know, weaken my immune system by being in fear all the time? I think there were so many questions around our health. And like I said, I think the one thing that scares people the most is health, when your health goes downhill. So um, I think it was a huge wake up in terms of asking ourselves ourselves the deeper questions around our body. Are we really just yeah. our body? So many questions, so many questions. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because we're not just our body. Like you, yeah. you can easily go through the motions of life and just, you wake up, you do the things you bitch, complain about whatever you get excited about, whatever. And you just are the way you are until that thing happens. Uh, I've had some family members that have gotten cancer over the years, friends that have had some crazy things that have happened that they didn't think could happen to them. Just like when people are like, oh, that could never happen to me. But then when it, when it, or if it does, uh, I think your character really shows up with that. And mm -hmm. I've questioned myself about that stuff before. Like, God, even if you wake up and your back hurts and it's a hard to move, like you take that for granted. Or if you, you know, cut your finger or something like that, then you think about it every time you touch something, you're like, ah, damn it, damn it, damn it. But you yeah. don't really think about it until that thing happens. Um, but I think your character shows up in that sort of stuff. So when you work with people through that and to be able to help them really solidify themselves and be good with whatever's going on, uh, what does that look like? Yeah. So, I mean, the first step is acceptance of whatever is happening. Um, so many times we go into denial and we sometimes don't even realize we're going into denial. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to share a personal story that happened just in the past few days. So I started realizing I sometimes go up and down with the levels of iron in my body and I've had um, fatally low iron before. And so I, as soon as I start to feel the symptoms, I'm like, oh my God, no, why am I having chest pain? Why am I having shortness yeah. of breath? And so that was actually happening the past week. Um, and I, as coaches, we all have coaches or therapists or people to look at our blind spots. And I was chatting with my therapist and she said, okay, well, why weren't you consistent with taking your supplements the past, you know, six months? And I was like, oh, well, they make me nauseous. Okay. Well, is there anything you can do about the nausea? I was like, yeah, well, if I just have them with a meal. And that was the problem solved. But the issue, and I didn't think about this till later on in the day, the issue was that I was actually in denial of the fact that I'm no longer a kid and that I have to take a supplement every day and that I have to rely on something outside of myself. And that pisses me off because I, you know, we have these ideas of like, this is how life is. We're healthy. Things are good. Um, and when I really sat down with myself, I was like, I'm honestly just upset that I'm I have to think about this. And, and I think that's where our fears really pop in. That's where our fear of change pops in. That's where that little girl inside of me is actually scared of the fact that there's something outside of me that I'm going to have to take. And it's not that big of a deal. It's just low iron, right? It's not a huge health issue, but this is the way that our, our ego mind, or you can even say our inner child pops up with its own little fears. So that's, I mean, that's one way that I worked through it with myself is I came to the acceptance of, oh, actually, I'm kind of angry about this and I'm just going to let myself be angry about it for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I know that once we can actually let ourselves feel what's going on underneath, which we often can't see 
by ourselves, which is why it was so awesome for the therapist to ask me those questions. Um, Once we come to that acceptance and see what's really going on, then I believe that our emotions are actually just passing through us. We're not putting a cap on them. We're not blocking them out. And so now I'm feeling this frustration. It's not anger anymore, but it's a little bit of frustration around, okay, I'm going to have to take these supplements, but I'm coming to acceptance and I'm allowing that process to unfold. Um, And I think that's a a small example of just really anything when it comes to change, whether it's health changes um, or showing up for ourselves with our workouts or showing up for ourselves in our business. That's a good point. And I'm glad that you brought up uh, the iron deficiency. We're just being close to anemia or having anemia uh, because that's a really good example of you take something, you physically take something that can help you and it takes time. But sometimes you don't know what you're that you're really iron deficient until you've been iron deficient for a while. Mm -hmm. The symptoms show up later than the actual problem starts. And I know that sort of secondhand. My partner had gone through a lot of that. And those symptoms will still show up. And even if you can get to that point where you can take that thing that can help you, let's transition that over to where things aren't tangible and people don't know what they're ingesting or what they're not ingesting that can help them. And they just kind of go through kind of the bullshit of, of life without really actually figuring out what the problem is. You and I've mm-hmm. talked a little bit about processing and even before we hit recording that it's important to be able to process, but that's the sort of stuff right there. Like, obviously you have a story of, I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to take this. I don't want to do these things. And you have full right to be upset, pissed, whatever you want, but then you do need to actually do something about it. Because if you don't, your hemoglobin will drop to like two and you'll be inches away from death and you'll just your energy will just be completely gone. Yeah. But if you take that little pill that can help you. Um, and I appreciate that you've figured out the solution of like, yeah, just eat something with it. It sucks. It's iron. You also don't want to be constipated from it. So there's like a balance between mm-hmm. all of that. But I think that all ties into what we do on a daily basis as well. Like how many things we're just like, I don't fucking want to, I don't want to mm. do this. I don't want to do that or I really want to do this thing or I really want to do that. I know there are times where I'm like, I should sit down and I should read a little bit. I'm like, but I don't want to, I can just, you know, play a video game or I can read something else or I can look at something different, but having that discipline to be able to actually sit down and be able to do that. I mean, that's part of the reason why I have the mindset and self mastery show It's being able to master yourself. So taking away the iron and having that supplement, that thing that you actually take in, when you work with people and even with yourself, how do you actually get yourself to the point where you're like, all right, I'm just going to do these things, but you've got to get through to what the underlying root is. Like, how do you go through that process? Yeah. So, I mean, I think again, going through that process of allowing yourself to feel the emotions is so important instead of, you know, pushing them down and staying in denial and staying angry. I also, I mean, it's really important to understand why you're doing the things you're doing. And also, like I'm, I'm thinking a bigger why. I'm thinking about your purpose. I'm thinking about your purpose. If we don't have a reason to wake up in the morning and get on our feet 
and show up in the world, we're just less likely to do the things that we will need to do. If I if I didn't feel purposeful in life, I could very easily let go of taking the supplements because, well, do I really need all that energy, you know? Yeah. But I know that I have a vision and I have this deep purpose within me. And if I don't show up for myself, then there's absolutely no way that I can show up for my purpose. And that would break my heart. Um, And I think I'm a huge believer in just looking into, you know, going into the future and having hindsight, right? I know that my 50-year-old self is looking back and going, take the dang supplement Um, and then go out there and, and do what it is you love. And, and I think in the moment as, you know, and I think it's an innocent desire that we have, we desire the pleasurable things. We desire the things that are comfortable, that are easy. Um, And, and I remember seeing this, I think it was a reel or something on Instagram that said, um, do you want to be comfortable or do you want to be happy? And I think about that often when I make decisions, am I going to sit inside on Saturday and stare outside and complain about the rain? Or am I going to just rent a pickleball indoor court and go and play some pickleball with my friends, right? So it's really asking ourselves: do I want to be comfortable or do I want to be happy? Um, Because pleasure is something that can only make us happy the first couple of times. But everyone knows that by the time you're doing the same pleasurable thing for the fifth time and the seventh time, the novelty of it wears off. Um, whereas purpose, I feel like it's like a candle that doesn't that doesn't blow out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's purpose and pleasure simultaneously, mm-hmm. but there's also purpose and pain simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And it all works together. Yeah. Um, I, when I think of purpose, I think of something that's much larger than us that actually pulls us in that direction and and urges us to continue to do those things. But it's kind of outside of us at times even, where it's not just about us. It's about contribution and being able to give back and do things that are outside of you. But there's also a deep responsibility to it. Mm-hmm. And when a lot of people think about purpose, they think, oh, well, there's this big thing, like I got to be the next Steve Jobs or Oprah or whatever, like that's got to be this huge, grandiose thing. But no, it's not always the case. Your purpose may be mm-hmm. something that you feel is smaller, but it's still your purpose in life to be able to do that. Now, mm-hmm. with with our company, Choose Your Calling, we help people be able to figure out what their calling is and what they're doing. But I hear from a lot of people that are like, I don't fucking know what my purpose is. I don't know how to do this, but I know what I like or I know what I don't like and I know what I'm good at. And being able to figure out how do you take those things that are maybe close to what your purpose is. And I think it was uh, Stephen Cope who talked about one of his books about if you are just a a couple degrees off from what your purpose is, you are, you might as well be hundreds of miles off, but you're so close to what it is. It's just figuring out what that thing is. So how do you, how do you help people figure out what their purpose is and then start marching toward that? Yeah. So I, I'm going to be honest when clients come to me, they usually already know. So I, I typically coach clients who already have an idea. Um, And so they'll come to me and then we'll work on all the blocks that kind of stop them from putting that into practice or putting that 
into the world. Um, but I guess I can go off of my own story for this question, which is that I I just knew what I just knew what was not fulfilling. And I think that was enough for me to head into a direction that was more fulfilling. It's so important to know what you don't like, what you cannot stand. Um, before I became a coach for a couple of years, I was working as a dental hygienist. I thought that that was my life path. And I, you know, it's funny, I didn't hate the job. I even all, all the people around me, they were like, you seem so happy and, you know, you're making good money and all that kind of stuff. And you're, you work five minutes away. It's kind of amazing. And yet there was this, this little thing inside of me that was miserable. There was this little part of me that knew that that wasn't going to be my forever job. And for a very long time, I actually was just temping. I would go to different offices and I would say, oh, I love temping. I love, you know, see seeing different environments, getting to know different people. But really, it was the part of me that didn't want to commit. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't want to commit to this. So I'm just going to keep temping and, and going around. And when I finally decided to, um, it actually kind of just fell in my lap, a full-time job. It was only, God, I, I didn't last more than six months in that place. Because I knew that there was something in me that, that wanted more. And I was always very uh, spiritually inclined um, so I knew that I I would love to have some sort of like spiritual foundation to my work. Um, and I was always very, I've always had a lot of energy and creativity. So I knew I wanted something that I wanted to be my own boss. And I knew I could do that because I just have so much energy and I can do that. And so I had these little ideas, but I didn't know how to put them in a little purpose package. And, you know, I, I don't even think the word purpose was really out there that much back in, you know, when was this, 2016, 2017? I feel like purpose is such a big buzzword nowadays. Um, I didn't actually even know coaching existed. Um, I actually was dating someone at the time who told me about a coach that his whole family saw who was also a family doctor. And I was having anxiety and panic attacks around that time and I was looking for some help and I ended up signing up with some sessions with her. And that was the first time I experienced what it was like to actually receive coaching, to receive help. And she was able to like really see me and really see where all of my traumas were coming from and where all of my anxiety and panic attacks and all that kind of stuff originated, which was amazing. Um, but, you know, I'm making a long story long. Um, through that, I somehow I st I started an online business for a while. I was selling more spiritual, like mala beads, incense, things like that, because I knew I wanted the spiritual foundation and some sort of self improvement in there. Um, and then I ended up actually doing a whole year long course um, to learn how to be an intuitive coach. But I took that training so that I could have the tools for myself. Uh, I never took the training to become an intuitive coach, but then. At the end, I got certified and did practice sessions and realized it's actually – it was really impacting people. So that's how I got into it. I stumbled into it. Um, I think some of the most fun stories are the ones where the purpose stuff kind of happened by accident and it was just following that intuition. Yeah. That's a big point, that following the intuition. I know some people have a hard time being able to hear or feel their intuition, 
because they've calloused over it so much. Um, but there's also something you brought up that makes me think of the discernment where somebody's like, look, I'm really upset with this thing. And they see it as I'm just upset or I don't want to do this instead of that's telling you to do something different. Almost like how your emotions aren't telling you the world's going to burn down. It's telling you there's something going on inside of you, something you need to deal, deal with and work through. So what advice would you give somebody that's like, look, I'm in this job and I hate this thing that I'm doing, but I'm good at it or I'm good at these things or I like this small piece or I've got this little thing I like to do over here, but I have a family and I have a career and I have all these other things. How do you help those people discern to be able to make that shift? Yeah. So I think, like you said, our emotions are a great guide, um, yet they can also be um, very reactive at times, right? So I think a great way to discern is, you know, over time, over four months, over six months, over eight months, is there that nagging feeling inside of you that's saying, this isn't the right job, this isn't the right career, um, rather than I had an outburst last week and now I don't want to do my job anymore. It's it's It feels like it's more of this like quiet, nagging voice that is there that I find is my intuition. And in terms of making that transition, I don't actually think we need to quit our job and take a quantum leap <laughs> and all of that kind of stuff. I did that. Um, I had savings and I made sure that I didn't take any um, steps that were going to, that I was going to look back at and regret. Um, I had savings. I quit my job. I already had some ideas of what I wanted to do. I was trying different things. So that worked for me. Um, but some people, if you know, you have a family and you have people you're supporting, I would say, you know, there are a lot of hours in a day. I don't think we realize this. We will spend 6 to 10 p.m. watching Netflix. <laughs> and if you can just take Tuesdays and Thursdays from 7 to 8 p.m., just an hour, like just an hour to research, to dream, to kind of get in the energy of what it, what would it be like if I stepped out of this? What would it be like if I, you know, looked into some other opportunities? Um, if we just took two hours a week, people, um, we can make huge changes in just a few months. And and so I think that's where you don't have to, you know, quit your job. And I walked away and I and I went to Bali and then you know it's like it can be simple baby steps that take us to where we want to go. Yeah. yeah. I agree with the baby steps. You, you can quantum leap. And I, I think there are yeah. certain times where things just line up for you to be able to do it. But there's also the bullshit of the hustle culture. That's like, well, if you just fucking work hard and you grind, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's not how this actually works. Mm -hmm. And I know that can burn a lot of people out. That burnt me out for years. It drove me almost a suicide back in 2017 of like, well, I can just keep pushing and pushing and pushing without actually doing the work or figuring out what just doesn't feel right. It's almost like laying on a nail and you're like, this just hurts, but I'm not dead yet. So I guess I'll just stay here. Um, yeah. but those little steps, I'm glad that you pointed that out, especially like seven to eight o'clock on Tuesdays and Thursdays. As soon as you said that, I thought, shit, even if you just get rid of social media, they're hours back. Like I got off social media months ago. Uh, I'm on there a little bit, mainly to uh, prospect for client work and some clients and stuff like that. But for the most part, 
I don't get lost in the chaos of just thumbing and thumbing and thumbing. And the first month, month and a half, I realized there was so much additional time because even if you just sit down for 10, 15 minutes, like, you know, everybody knows you sit down for 10, 15 minutes on Facebook or Instagram and it's three hours later. Mm-hmm. It's totally like a SpongeBob section, like three hours later. You're like, <laughs> yes, hours. why am I here? <laughs> what the fuck? So even just being able to cut yeah. that out um, can be a thing. And some people are probably going to listen. And they're like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to delete my social media. I listened to another episode, but I still don't want to delete it. And that's totally fine. The thing that you pointed out about just taking that time to listen to yourself and just be able to think about it. That's a thing that a lot of people, I think, don't allow themselves to do. It's like some people don't want to meditate or they're like, I don't have time to be able to do this. If you just sit down for a few minutes, two minutes, a minute, and just be able to work through that, you can start to kind of build that up. And have you seen that happen in your own life? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I mean, I'm still on social media, so I can, um, you know, talk about that perspective. But I, one thing that I do is I don't turn my phone on until I feel like, oh yeah, there's something I need to do on my phone. Um, and there are so many times where I wake up and I'm like, Ooh, I, I know I need to do something on my phone, but it, I know it would be better for me if I just left it off. Right. If I just left it off for a while. Um, and what I find is I, I don't sit down and do a meditation. I don't have a meditation practice that I do every day, but I have a lot of time where I'm just sitting. And instead of, okay, I bring my phone over, I'm just sitting on the couch and I'm just sitting there. And I find that when we give ourselves that time to just be and to just be with ourselves and to be with our inner world, that's where we can hear the intuition, right? That's where we can really connect to those deeper dreams within us. And and that's where um, we can really understand the experience of what it's like to just be rather than some weird hit of dopamine or whatever it is that we're looking for when we're on social media. Because we're clearly looking for something on there. We're looking for connection maybe. Um, We're looking for, you know, something that's going to make us smile. Um, But when we can just be with ourselves, we'll realize, oh my gosh, actually right now I'm going to call my mom and that's my connection. Or actually right now, oh, let me just go over to my piano and, and, you know, tickle a couple of ivories, you know, let, let me have this joyful moment. Uh, I think that's where true joy lives, but it is uncomfortable to decide that we're going to do things differently and to leave our phone in a different room or put it on airplane mode. But when we can get through that discomfort and just sit with ourselves, that's where like, boom, creativity exists. And that's where I get my best like business ideas and, um, and, and I have like weird shower thoughts, which are always fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, everybody does. The, the best thoughts when you're in the shower and you're like, shit, I don't have anything to write it down with. And you just keep saying it over and over. Yeah. Just so you don't forget <laughs> it and you get it out and you're like, oh, God, I got to write it down. Yeah. Um, you brought up being uncomfortable and the discomfort that happens with that. Uh, let's go back to you taking your iron supplements. Mm-hmm. That's uncomfortable at first. But after a while, you'll find that you get into the rhythm of it. Like mm-hmm. uh, I remember thinking about... I had a friend uh, who was a roommate years and years ago who was also a, um, he was in nursing school and he would 
take me and another friend to go work out. And at one point I remember he was like, we need to order supplements. And we had an entire kitchen table full of supplements. And I was like, ow, what the fuck is all of this? This is nonsense. <laughs> he was like, well, this thing does this and this couples with this and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, this is like thousands of dollars of supplements for the three of us. This is crazy. And I remember thinking before, like, I don't want to take one of these. This is nonsense. And now I take probably nine, 10 supplements a day. I even joke sometimes. I'm like, I feel like an old man taking my pills, but at least my <laughs> pills are supplements of things that aren't being put into my body without these supplements. Um, mm. But that discomfort sucked at first. And now it's just part of the routine, just like anything else. It's getting through that initial stage of that. So mm. kind of along those lines and everything else we've talked about, what's that one piece of advice you'd give to somebody that's on their path towards self-mastery? Wow. So I've said this before and I'll say it again. Love yourself into self-mastery. Don't do it because you hate yourself. I find that it's way more sustainable when you're doing it out of love, when you're nourishing your body, nourishing your mind, your spirit, working on your purpose, when you're doing that from a place of love rather than hate or fear. It's it's brighter, your energy is more, you have more vitality, and it's way more sustainable in a in a really practical way. Yeah. Yeah. Great way to be able to put that. And Raman, I appreciate you being on today. Thank you for your time. Uh, before I let you go, where can people find you and where can they connect with you? Yeah. So I am on Instagram and TikTok at RamanHari3. And my website, very simple, just my name, RamanHari.com. And yeah, if people want to connect on their work one-on-one, -on -one, um, I typically, I mostly help people with anxiety nowadays. It's a huge, anxiety and stress is a huge thing I'm helping people with in my Beyond Anxiety program. Um, and I actually also have a free guide on my website. I revamped it recently. It's like 13 pages now. Um, it's a free guide on shifting anxiety and stress. And you can find that on my website if you just scroll to the bottom of any page and you can sign up and grab that. Awesome. And we'll have all the links that we have in the show notes and all the information in there too. Again, I appreciate you being on. Thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me, Nick. It was so fun. 